Hello and a very warm welcome to the Women in Tech SEO podcast. I am Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive at Holland and Barrett, and I am your host for today, you lucky people, you. We have Diana Richardson joining us today, who is a social media and community manager for the SEO unit at SEMrush. SEMrush or SEMrush? SEMrush. You said it, you nailed it the first time. <laughs> ah, and here we go. Hello, Diana. Hello, Sarah. Oh my gosh, I could already just listen to you all day. I love your voice. <laughs> ah, thank you. Maybe I need to make more and like tr- like think of ways to make money out of my voice. Maybe that's uh, what yeah, I need to do. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> this season is sponsored by Novos. Novos, the London-based e-commerce SEO agency, has won multiple awards for its e-commerce SEO campaigns, including Best Global SEO Agency of the Year, two years running, working with brands like Bloom and Wild and Not on the High Street. They are running an exclusive Shopify SEO roundtable for e-commerce leaders on September the 23rd, with limited spaces available. If you are interested, reach out to them via thisisnovos.com or message their co-founder, Antonio Wedrill, on LinkedIn. So I feel like we've already cleared something up. So it is SEMrush rather than SEMrush. Yes, and we have a lot of fun with how you pronounce our name. But in December of 2020, we went through a rebrand and we redid our logo. And you'll notice now, like our even our name is, is not capitalized as much as it used to be. So um, we... We definitively made it SEMrush uh, in December of 2020, <laughs> but I grew up, well, I grew up, but my in my career of all these years, I've always called it SEMrush, so it was a big change for me too. I've just now kind of gotten it down. <laughs> well, there you go. You've heard it here, official, <laughs> what you need to call it. <laughs> Lovely. Well, let's um, start off by um, getting to know you, Diana. So please, would you be so kind and give us a brief overview of yourself, uh, so what you do and how you got into this wonderful world of SEO? Um, My journey into SEO started in 2006 when I answered an ad in the paper. (laughs) Throw back to when job ads were in the paper. (laughs) Yes, we did not have things like Indeed uh, at that time, and neither was SEO as a a career choice. So the ad was actually for a marketing specialist. And so I sat down for the interview and the the um, woman who would become my manager uh, described SEO and PPC to me. And it was with a company that was transitioning from print to digital. So I literally learned this from the ground up, brand spanking new, no training in college with my clients hands-on <laughs> for 15 years. Best <laughs> way to learn. It's the, it's the best way to learn. And then, so I was with them for quite a long time, but then I wanted to branch out beyond SEO. And so I uh, found a job as a digital marketing director where I got to learn social media, email, branding, storytelling, all of those beautiful elements. And then um, actually networked my way to the job here at SEMrush, which combines both of my loves, which is talking to people and SEO. <laughs> so it worked out really great. <laughs> Are you ready for me to do a, a quick fire round of questions? Yes. <laughs> Come on, give me a more like, yes, I'm ready. Is that the first question? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Sarah, go. (laughs) Okay, first question. Do you enjoy camping? No. Uh, Favorite smell? Ooh, um, pizza. 
Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than the cooking pizza that smell. Pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good one. I wish <laughs> I was having pizza for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you find annoying? Oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> traffic. <I> mean, <laughs> traffic. That is a good one. I imagine uh, traffic's quite bad in uh, Texas. Well, tr- construction is a way of life here in Texas, and that definitely affects uh, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> what animal would you choose to be? A monkey. You were straight there. You didn't have to think about that. No, I love monkeys. And there's a Diana monkey and she's cute. And my last question for you, can you draw? Hell no. That's why I chose a job where I type. (laughs) I'm with you. I remember when I was at school and my art teacher was like going around asking people if they were going to carry on with art in like the next school uh, so I think it was like going from college to high school I can't remember uh, mm-hmm. but she came to me and asked me and she kind of like looked at me when I said um, that I wasn't going to carry on with drawing or art and she looked at me like that's a wise choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah I am terrible at all things crafty my mother is amazing but I did not inherit that gene and I have a you asked me what did I find annoying um glitter Glitter is on the top of my list of things that I find annoying and awful. So I'm not crafty whatsoever. Well, I mean, you can be creative in SEO. I think so. And copywriting, right? Exactly. Copywriting and in podcasting and in social media. So I, I think of myself as a fairly digitally creative person. Exactly. But There's loads of ways that you can be creative. You don't I'm have to draw. my words. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What empowers you to be the brilliant woman that you are today? Um, besides my genes? Um <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, that I love this question because I think it really has, it's been a 38 year journey, right? We've learned, we learn things every step of the way. And what has empowered me to be how I am, where I am is finding that it was okay to be me. Um, many, many more doors have opened for me just being myself, including my job with SEMrush and being part of the women in tech SEO community. And I've found such such satisfaction and a lot more growth career and personally, just being my daggone regular self. <laughs> love that. Absolutely love that. What advice would you give women starting out in the industry? Fight for experience. Put your nose in every possible scenario, task, project you possibly can. Um, you're going to be tired, but that experience will create who knows what for you and your career is ever evolving and you never know what's going to lead you to something that is so satisfying for you. So experience as much as you possibly can um, in in digitally in the world of your job um, and in life, but volunteer and things like that. And just everything matters and everything counts towards your career. So, and if there's something you really want to do, like I fought for this, I like pushed myself into like senior management at my two jobs ago because I wanted to. And I was like, I'm just going to go to this meeting. And I just did it. And no one told me no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I absolutely love what that. What am I going to do? Kick you out of a meeting? <laughs> just go and learn. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful um, advice there. I think we should now get stuck into the main topic of uh, today's episode. And we are talking about SERP features, aren't we? 
love slurp features. I can't wait to talk about them. Well, let's start with the basics. What what are slurp features? What do we mean? So slurp features are everything that shows up on the Google results page that are not paid ads or the organic listings. So slurp features are, you know, the maps that you see, those quick answers that you see, the knowledge, you know, rectangle that you see on the side, the reviews. Um, if an organic website has three or four links under the, underneath them, those are all SERP features. And um, is there like a, a, a type or category of keywords that tend to bring up SERP features? Classic SEO answer here. It depends. Love it. I mean, you've got to get it in, haven't you? We're eight minutes in and we had to get it in there. Um, I'll tell you this, though. The SEMrush tool, the keyword, there are actually multiple tools within our tool suite, will help you determine which keywords trigger SERP features, which ones you're like, what keywords you are ranking for that trigger SERP features that you're not showing up in. And we've got some tools in there that'll show you where your competitors are not showing up in the SERP features so you can take advantage of that or kick them out of where they are showing. So there's like a lot, there's a lot of, without having to do manual, you know, searches, doing it yourself, which works too, but why not have a tool that will do it for you? So a lot of the time SERP features are like, will respond to questions. So, you know, you get the instant answers at the top or the people also ask. Yeah. A lot of the times they're the longer tail keywords. You're looking for reviews. You're looking for information on a specific person. So brand, like personally branded or branded searches tend to trigger some of the SERP features. Um, so really it's the intent of the keyword. If there's a SERP feature that matches, there you go. I mean, if you type in your hotel reservation, your hotel thing pops up. So it's really based a lot on intent. Definitely, definitely. And I, I think uh, as Google carries carries on evolving and enhancing user experience they're just mm -hmm. going to introduce more and more set features aren't they so well, just because um certain keywords don't bring up set features now doesn't mean that they won't in the future but also i think this is google trying to be the resource so mm. you know think about google's evolution it was hey, here's just 10 links to information off of Google that you might find interesting. But now the evolution of Google is, hey, you don't even have to leave Google to get the answers <laughs> that you want. So I think, yeah, we will see more and more SERP features. I think Bing will evolve their own um, as well. So they can be the source and not necessarily have to send people away, which is not, it's like, good and bad for us SEOs, because obviously SEO is the art of bringing people to your website through. Yes. <laughs> um, but at the same time, that's why I want us to talk about SERP features today, because there's so many opportunities for you to still get that traffic outside of trying to rack your brain and your time and energy and trying to get number one, two, or three. You have led me on to my next question beautifully. <laughs> I already knew them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We should have an air of mystery, Diana. Like, mm. You know. Well, you can no, cut that out. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. So why should we be going after SERP features then? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. And and it goes beyond SEO reasons too. So the SEO reasons are um, it's really difficult to get into position one, um, especially if you are in a competitive field, especially if you are competing against somebody that's already established and has a high authority, getting to those top three positions is excruciatingly slow and sometimes you don't got time for that but no worries because you have certain feature opportunities and a lot of the times and you think about like your mobile experience how far do you have to scroll on google on your phone just to even get to the first 
or three results, right? It takes yeah. a, it takes some hand hand scroll in there to like some wrist action to like get you to those positions because it's taken up by the paid ads and the SERP features. So you can actually rank above the the organic listings in and of themselves by optimizing for SERP features. The other benefit is that if you trigger a SERP feature, then that is a that is showcasing to the audience and to the searcher a lot of street cred because we know as consumers, as searchers, that Google doesn't show SERP features for everybody's website. That's why it's, it's you know, competition. If everybody had it, you know, it wouldn't be beneficial. So by you optimizing and showing up in the SERP feature, now you've got just this extra level of authority um, and street cred uh, with your audience for, for, you know, just by being present there. The other reason you should be aiming for uh, presence in the surf features is for branding purposes, not even an SEO thing, just getting the <laughs> brand in front of more eyeballs. It doesn't matter. You know, you still look at those, those ads that show up, you might not click on them, but you're still aware that they are there. And that is a brand branding tactic. So if there's even more motivation to start working on these SERP features, it's to get your brand in front of more eyes. I mean, those are loads of reasons there, really, that you should be um, aiming and going for these SERP features, really, isn't it? Like you've given loads. <laughs> Hopefully I made the case, right? <laughs> you have. You definitely have. Case closed. <laughs> Start feature win. <laughs> Maybe we just end the podcast. No, I'm joking. No. We, we've got more to talk about. Yes, we um, <laughs> so, I don't know if this is an easy question to answer because I know that they are tricky things to master. But are there any like tips and tricks that you can um, do to to win these like these SERP feature spots? Yeah, and a lot of them, a lot of the SERP features revolve around letting the search engine search engines know what this content is. So clean structure, like our site architecture, clean navigation. You're going to sense a theme with my answer here. Clean code <laughs> is really important. Clean schema. So if you're not, and if you're not familiar with what schema markup is, it is adding extra bits of, of identification code in your HTML that identify, this is a question. This is an address. That you know, if you know, think of it, I I do think of it as you know h h tags and things like that because you're telling the search engines, hey, this is a headline. The concept is the same. You're just identifying this piece of information, so the search engine doesn't have to connect the dots in and of itself uh, or for itself. And then you want a lot of it is question based too, so you want to be asking questions in your content and answering questions in your content. Um, and that's just great for user experience anyway because someone's on your website, they got questions. So just help them out anyway <laughs> by providing the answers. Be straightforward. That that's the ultimate goal here, isn't it? Is that you're helping your you um your audience and your potential customers out, aren't they? You want to provide Absolutely. them the most valuable answer. Oftentimes, um, what I've seen is with the see feature snippet where it's like a paragraph in the text box at mm -hmm. the top in position yep. zero. Um, when you go onto that page, you'll see that what Google has done is taken um, a sentence or two from one bit of the content. Mm -hmm. And then you'll find like the other bit of um, the, the ending bit of the paragraph somewhere else. Um, so is it important to sort of, if you're going after feature snippets, that these have to be at the top of your content or if you come across um these 
these sort of examples if you make it easier by combining that with your content um in your content if my question is making any sense at all uh, <laughs> is that is that like a a thing that we can try or well you're bringing back an old school seo tactic is the content at the top of the page more important than the content at the bottom of the page yes yeah and it, and it is i think in traditional seo but in this i mean i've clicked on the featured snippet paragraphs too. And it's been a bullet point in the middle of the page and Google highlights it now for you. I don't know if you've noticed that too. They highlight the content that like the blurb that they have selected. So I think content structure plays a big part as opposed to it being at the top. I think just structuring it. So making clear H tags, clear bullet points, numbering those bullet points, if that's applicable. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. If we're comparing bullet points to numbered bullet points, would you say you always try and use numbered ones? Only or... if it makes sense. If it's, yes. a step, if it's a step-by-step list or if, sorry, if it's step-by-steps or a list, then yes, numbers make sense. But just use it as it makes sense. If you're just, you have three bullet-pointed ideas, then you don't need to put them in order because I think, and I'm, this is just my opinion, don't take take this for whatever you want, but I think Google would prioritize something that has a number one next to it because that's what it knows. So if it's, yeah. so if you don't need numbers by it, I wouldn't put them. Interesting. I don't know if Google does that. I would just, knowing how Google understands content and understands priority, you know, that's just something to say. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? One issue, I suppose, and you addressed it earlier, is that with the featured snippets, mm-hmm. what Google's doing there is trying for you not to leave the sort of the, the listing pages, the SERPs. And mm-hmm. um, as SEOs, we want to get people onto our website. <laughs> so is there any sort of ways that you can make the most out of SERP features? So is there any way that, that you can entice people to click? So I also think we need to shift our goals a little bit as SEOs. Like because- it? because driving yes traditionally it is driving traffic to our websites but isn't marketing just being there for the audience when they need us and or you know what that's not even marketing that's just being a good business or a good brand and so if you can be present when someone needs you and answer the question without them having to leave google you, the brand or the business, have still solidified that relationship. That person start doing that search for that question and you have the answer, they know Google isn't the answer. They know Google pulls the answer from other content. Google didn't write this piece of content. They pulled it from you. And so you as the business or brand have now, you have made that relationship with that person, regardless if they have come to the website because you were there for them when they had a question. And it goes back to your branding point, I suppose, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. um, if you're if you're present and you're owning and everywhere, because ultimately whatever space you're in, whatever business you're in, whatever vertical you're in, you want to aim to be the, I don't know, like the Wikipedia of your industry. Like if someone has a question, like they want to know anything in regards to what you sell, you should be coming up and by you coming up more and uh, they associate your name, who you are, they associate you with being like the the authoritative uh, people in the space who who know what they're talking about, then, then, then you're winning, aren't you? Yes and no, because I, I think that it's about the relationships. So if someone, if you don't come up as often, but someone, a loyal customer found you anyway, maybe you were position 11 Maybe you were on the second page, but you were 
you had the solution for this person that now they just they don't need to search for you anymore now they're returning uh traffic i think that is more important than being the wikipedia do you trust wikipedia every single time mm, no <laughs> is amazon always the answer mm, you know so the answer can be other you know you don't have to be the big boy to be the big player to be the to be the solution for somebody and i think you build customer loyalty which is the true true thing we're seeking out right is having this customer in this audience base you can do that in a variety of ways and it doesn't and you don't have to be you don't have to be expending the energy to be the Wikipedia or the Amazon because that's exhausting and it might bring in irrelevant traffic rather than your core audience. Yes. And I think relevancy is key, isn't it? Going after, yeah, um, subjects, topics, keywords that matter to you as a business. I'd rather have 10 right audience members than a thousand wrong. Yes. You know, I'd rather my traffic be lower and, and retain those people uh, then have all the traffic in the world and no one's converting. <laughs> exactly. It's the wrong metric, isn't it, that we're it is, you're looking yeah. at there? We got to th- start thinking about people. Like we have to, it, you know, it's and which is tough for us because we're in a very, obviously, very data-centric um, industry and we base a lot of what we do on data. But we have to keep in mind that there there is actual people behind this data. Um, I'm actually creating a presentation for a, um, a conference I'll be speaking at in September around this topic, like around using data to connect to your people, because these are humans that create this data. It's not arbitrary. It's not bots. Well, sometimes it's bot traffic, but you know how that yeah. goes. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so we have to really remember that the these metrics are a result of human beings connecting with us. Exactly, exactly. And you don't want to end up uh, focusing and getting stuck on the wrong metrics. Um, You want to focus on the metrics that matter. How would you go about tracking and measuring uh, success with their SERP features? Using SEMrush. We have tons of fabulous tools. Our position tracking tool will uh, track your SERP features because this is another conundrum because if you're in the zero if you're in position zero and you don't get that traffic how do you know that it, that you were even seen um so you can use position tracking in your SEMrush tool suite to show you those results it'll show you not only where you're ranking and your change in organic position but your where you're showing up in SERP features you can preview you know the google results page for that to just to, in case you wanted proof in the pudding or something and you can also check on that, like I said earlier, for your competitors. So there's really great ways to track it in in other tools outside of Google Analytics or whatever you're using for your website traffic. Would um, Can you point our listeners in the direction of any uh, recommended resources, articles, content on, on this subject? Yeah, I mean, our blog is really great. We have some really good, we have a lot of fun with talking about SERP features and that's probably what's fueled my passion for it too. But we've also done some really cool studies recently, like actual studies around the power of SERP features. We had a really great one a few months ago around the people also ask section. We've got one on featured snippets specifically. So there are some really terrific data points that we studied around this particular topic. I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are nearly out of time. Hasn't hasn't this podcast flown by? <laughs> I think we could talk all day, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to. Are you happy? Have you covered um, everything today that you, that you want to? Well, I'll leave with one last tip or suggestion, perhaps. 
don't you just like with any other part of your SEO, you don't need to focus on all of the SERP features. Just figure out which ones are most impactful for and relevant to your business and your audience. If you are um, a hotel, you probably don't need to show up for flights. That's okay. Uh, you know, if you're, a, you know, just a content driven website, say you're a recipe website, it's okay that you don't show up in other things or reviews or something like that. Actually, you'd probably want reviews, but there are certain features that it's okay if you're not showing up in that, in those sections. So I would just prioritize the ones that you want to go after that are the most relevant um, and impactful for you. Now, are you ready for a bit of fun to round things up? <laughs> well, that was the fun part. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, I should say more fun. Are okay, you ready for okay. even more fun is what I should say. Good, sounds good. Um, so I am going to challenge you to answer as many questions as you can in 60 seconds. There is a theme, so yeah, um, to help you out. So it's all about colours, different colours of the rainbow. Okay. If you can't answer a question, just say pass. Okay. <laughs> and the score that you need to beat to be the champion is uh, Dritty, who got 11 oh, questions God. in 60 seconds. How do you feel? Do you reckon you could do 11 and 60? Uh, <laughs> let's just see. <laughs> I mean, some fighting talk, some fighting talk there. Okay, this is not fighting talk. That is knowing when you've been knowing when you've been whooped. <laughs> you haven't even been whooped yet. Right. I will count you down. Three, two, one. The sun isn't actually yellow or orange. What color is it? White. Yes, Mrs. White is from which colour at which board game? Clue. Yep. What colour is a female blackbird? Um, pass, say yeah, a colour. I don't know that one. Okay. Emu eggs are what colour? Cream. Green was the answer I was oh, going green. for. What colour are the stars on the flag of China? I have no idea, pass. Yellow. Oh, name, a fruit, <laughs> name a fruit that is yellow. Banana. Yes. Name a vegetable that is green. Cucumber. What colour is Kellogg's logo? Yellow. Red. It's red. Yep. What <laughs> colour is Twitter's logo? Blue. Yeah. What <laughs> colour is Semrush's logo? Well, we're like orange and purple and all sorts of great colours <laughs> and black and white. <laughs> what colour is Pink Fluff? Pink. Yes. What <laughs> colour is Blue Fluff? Blue. <laughs> yes. Time. How do you think you did? Do you think you beat eleven? I don't. <laughs> you got. You think about them a lot. <laughs> you got a very respectable score of nine. Very nice. <laughs> Which brings you joint second. Um, oh, with so, who? so, so I've done this with one, two, three, four, five five other people and um Lydia um Lydia Infante um she got nine so you're joint second with her congrats Lydia woohoo <laughs> silver medals for us <laughs> yeah. 
Um, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm very sad to say this, but that brings us to the end of this week's <laughs> Women in Tech SEO podcast. Thank you very much. If people want to carry on the conversation with you, um, find out um, more talks that you're doing or anything that you're saying, how best can they do that? Where are you? Yeah, so you can follow Semrush on all social media platforms, including TikTok now, um, by searching that by searching our name, Semrush. And you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter as Diana Rich 13 because 13 is my lucky number. And just search my name in LinkedIn. You'll find a wine glass next to my name and that's how you'll know it's me. And from me, I'd just like to say thanks for listening to the podcast. We are available on all your podcast playing platforms with new episodes going out every Tuesday. We'd love to know what you think about the podcast by filling out a super short survey. And I've created a tiny um, URL, which is tinyurl.com forward slash WTSpod survey Uh, so we'd really like to get your feedback on what you think to us if you want to find out more about the podcast you can visit womenintechseo.com forward slash podcast to find out more about the brilliant women in tech seo community which this podcast is part Mm -hmm. of and founded by the wonderful absolutely amazing human being Mm -hmm. and co-host Areej Abu Ali Mm -hmm. Um, then visit womenintechseo.com I can hear (laughs) Diana you think it's a wonderful community oh my god I love it I love her she is so amazing um I'm was flattered the day my I was accepted into the community Uh, (laughs) I'm so honored to be such a great part of it I've met such incredible women through it um and it's uh I I wouldn't survive I don't think without it (laughs) oh me I mean yes I agree I agree um, and so I think the only last thing to say is goodbye, unless you've got one last nugget, one little last bit of wise <laughs> words on anything that you want to share. Oh, it's, you know, <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Have a glass of wine, everybody. That's my last tip. Have a glass of wine. <laughs> I'll cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. And until next time, thank you for joining us.